0: he couldn't bring himself to swallow them. And his father, when the crime came to light, had said, in tones of ringing disgust, That burns too fussy to live. Too fussy to live, Pryor thought. There you are. Nowhere near France in an epitaph already. The thought cheered him up enormously. By now he was passing Clarence Garden's hotel where he'd been stationed briefly last winter. He and Owen, his fellow nutcase, had arrived on the same day, neither of them welcomed by the C.O., They'd been assigned to light duties. Pryor became an administrative dog's body, sorting out the battalion's chaotic filing system. Owen fared yet worse, chivying the char ladies, peering into lavatory bowls in search of unmilitary stains. Mitchell had given them hell. What do you expect, Pryor said, when Owen complained. He's lost two sons. And who shows up instead of them? A couple of twitching Nancy boys from the loony bin in Scotland. As he reached the entrance of the barracks, a squad of men in singlets and shorts overtook him. Bare thighs streaked with mud, steam rising from sweaty chests. As they pounded past, he recognized Owen at the head of the column, turning to wave. Good heavens, Mather said, as Pryor pulled off his shirt. You haven't been getting much outdoor exercise, have you? I've been working at the Ministry Munitions. All right, drop your drawers, bend over. They always went for the arse, Pryor thought. An army marches on its stomach and hobbled on its hemorrhoids. He felt gloved fingers on his buttocks, separating them, and thought, Better men than you have paid for this. I see you've got asthma. There? Yes, sir. Turn round. Another unduly intimate gesture. Cough? Pryor was aware of wheezing as he caught his breath. We'd better have a Listen. Mather reached for his stethoscope. What were you doing at the Ministry of Munitions? Intelligence, sir. Catch anybody? Pryor looked bleakly ahead of him. Yes? Patrol here caught a German spy on the cliffs. Mather snorted. Tickled a local yokel with their bayonets, more like. He straightened up. Yes, you've got a bit of a wheeze. His attention was caught by the scar on Pryor's elbow. The Somme, Pryor said. Must have hurt. The expression funny bone didn't seem appropriate at the time. Mother went back to the desk, sat down. Now, let's see if I've got this straight. You were invalided home with shell shock, that right? April last year? Yes, sir. And you were sent first to Netley, then to Craiglock at War Hospital, where you remained till November. He looked up. I suppose you get a lot of dipsomania in places like that. Alcohol, man he explained as Pryor continued to look blank. Didn't see any, sir. If I had, I'd certainly have drunk it. So what were your symptoms? I was mute, sir. Some people found it an improvement on the basic model. But Mather was reading. W.H.R. Rivers, he said. I knew him. He was two years ahead of me at Bart's. Paralytic stammer. Pryor looked puzzled. No? Got his own voice back, too. He must be good. The discharge report says asthma. I had two attacks while I was there. Hmm. Mather smiled. Any problems with the nerves now? Nope. Sleeping all right? Not last night. Bloody tent leaks. Generally. I sleep all right. Mather sat back in his chair. How did you get in? Through the flap. Mather's forefinger shot up. Watch it, laddie. How did you get into the army? I lied to the doctor. Doctor. Surprisingly, Mather laughed. Everybody lied, Pryor said. So they did. I saw men who'd climbed out of the window of the workhouse infirmary to come and enlist. Syphilis, epilepsy, tuberculosis, rickets. One lad, fourteen, if that, looked me straight in the eye and swore on his mother's life he was nineteen. Mather smiled. Not one of them got past me. Oh, fuck. Gas training? Mather said. Terribly good idea, Pryor said earnestly. Did you go through the huts? No. You must be affected at very low concentrations. I was known as the Battalion Canary, sir. Mather looked at him. Get dressed. The point is I managed perfectly well for three years. I didn't once report sick with asthma or the effects of gas. Yes, laddie. Mother looked unexpectedly compassionate. And it might be said you've done your bit. A twitch of the pale, proud face. Not by me. And the asthma never played you up in France? Never. Two attacks in Craig Lockett, none in France. I wonder why. Go on, get dressed. And go left, along the corridor, and you'll see a row of chairs. Wait there. Mother went into the adjoining room and started on his next victim. Friar dressed, pausing to wipe the sweat off his upper lip. Like going over the top, he thought. No, he wasn't. Nothing was like that. Civilians seem to use that expression all the time now. I went a bit over the top last night, they said, meaning they had a second glass of port. If they didn't send him back, he was going to be awfully lonely, marooned among civilians with their glib talk. His reflection jeered. Lonely. You... Oh, come on, Ducky, you can always split in two. At least the board didn't know about that, provided Rivers hadn't written to them. A paralytic stammer. Not just any old stammer, paralytic. Interesting, Pryor thought, letting himself out of the room. One man waiting. Owen. Pryor jerked his head at the door. Who's in? Nesbitt. He's been in thirty minutes. What's taking so long? Owen hesitated, then mouthed, Clap. Well, Pryce thought, that was one way of getting out of it. And then he thought, You uncharitable bastard. How do you know he got it deliberately? And then he thought, Well, I am an uncharitable bastard. I won't take long, Owen said. I'm G.S. already. Then why are you here? Irregular heartbeat. I added my name to the draft, but when I had the final medical, they promptly took it off again. You added your name to the draught. Sure it's your heart that's wrong. Owen laughed. I just heard Sassoon was wounded. It seemed the only thing to do. Yes, Pryor thought, it would. He remembered them at Craig Lockett. The incongruous pair. Sassoon so tall, Owen so short. A love Owen hadn't been able or hadn't bothered to disguise. Nesbitt came out looking distinctly pale. A few minutes later Owen was called in. Pryor sat thinking what bloody awful luck it was to have got Mather. Some MO's would have sent a corpse back if he'd propped one up in front of them. Abruptly, before he was ready, the door opened and Owen came out. Owen started to speak and then, realising the board's secretary had followed him, raised a thumb instead. From which Pryor concluded that Owen's chances of ending the year deaf, blind, dumb, paralysed, doubly incontinent, insane, brain-damaged, or, if he were lucky, just plain dead, had enormously increased. We're all mad here, he thought, following the secretary into the room, saluting, sitting down in the solitary chair facing the long table. After the first few questions he began to relax. They were concentrating on his asthma and the risks of exposure to gas. And to those questions he had one totally convincing answer. He'd been out to France three times, and on none of these occasions had he been invalided back to base or home to England because of asthma. Trench fever, yes. Wound, yes. Shell shock, yes. Asthma, no. When the last question had been asked and answered, Mitchell drew the papers together in front of him. Your asthma's worse than you're letting on, isn't it? He tapped his discharge report. According to this, anyway. It was bad at Craig Lockett, sir, but I can honestly say it was worse there than ever it was in France. Well, Mitchell said. Results posted this afternoon. He smiled briskly. You won't have long to wait. Crude copies of Tenniel's drawings from Alice in Wonderland decorated one end of Ward 7. For in peacetime this had been a children's hospital. Alice, tiny enough to swim in a sea of her own tears. Alice with the serpent's neck, undulating above the trees. You knew him, didn't you? Elliot Smith said, looking over River's shoulder. Lewis Carroll, did you like him? I think I wanted him very much to like me, and he didn't. Elliot Smith pointed to the snake neck. That's interesting, isn't it? Ready now, Captain Rivers, Sister Roberts said. They watched her march off. I'm in the house, Rivers said. I only get doctor when she approves of me. Behind the screens, Ian Moffat lay naked from the waist down. He looked defiant, nervous, full of fragile, ungrounded pride. His legs were the dense grey-white, a big, cheap card. Muscles flabby, but not wasted, though he'd been unable to walk for more than